Friends, my name is Adam. It's my joy to be the senior pastor here at our church. This tree has had to sit through my sermon three times now. It just gave, just gave up. So let me, let me get this out the way. There we go. All right. Now we can get going. Hey, I'd love for y'all, I just want to know, and go ahead and shout it out. Have a little participation here at 1045. What's your favorite fruit? Okay, bananas. Shout it out. Apple people, okay, very good. Or, uh, grapes, bananas, apples. <laughs> very good. Now, of all our favorite fruits, I did not hear anyone mention the cassowary plum. Now, that's a good thing because, one, they grow in Australia, and, two, they're poisonous to people. So that's a good thing. The cassowary plum is a very interesting plant. It's poisonous not only to people but most uh, animals except for one. The giant cassowary bird. It's got special enzymes in its stomach that help it digest its seed. And that's important because seeds within fruits are how plants make more plants. And so I think you'll find the following video moving. Hit it, Keith! In the rainforests of Australia, the giant cassowary is in danger from a feral invader. March 2018, the BBC's Seven Worlds One Planet team arrive in northern Queensland. Their aim? To film one of the world's largest birds, the cassowary. We are in the Daintree Rainforest in North Queensland, and it's one of the oldest patches of rainforest in the world. Growing to a height of one and a half meters and equipped with enormous dinosaur-like claws, cassowaries have been described as the planet's most dangerous birds. But these feathered giants are shy and prefer to stay hidden in dense tropical rainforest. The cassowaries are crucial for the Daintree rainforest to survive. They're a keystone species, and this fruit in particular relies on the cassowary to germinate. It goes through cassowary's gut, and once it's done that, it is obviously pooed out, and it is able to grow in its own little pile of cassowary fertilizer. It's estimated that over a hundred plant species here depend almost entirely on the cassowary as their method of seed dispersal. They can eat fruits that are, you know, this big. They walk kilometers in a day, so they take them really far away, and they have a really gentle digestive system. So my five-year-old always tells me about how boring my sermons are. <laughs> so about 40% of the reason I want to show that video is so I could say, Daddy started the sermon with poop. How you like that, Betsy? How you like that? So did y'all catch the, the, how seeds are dispersed? Did everybody get that, right? So the tree helps the bird by giving it fruit. The bird helps the tree by dispersing its seeds. And it's this amazing relationship. I don't know if you heard him say, there's over 100 species of plants that depend on the giant cassowary bird dispersing its seeds. This is an example. The fancy word for this is zucchery. That's plant seeds spreading with the help of animals, and, and it's amazing. So the cassowary plum grows its fruit, 
just doing what it does. The fruit is helpful to the world around it. And then the cassowary plum spreads and the forest, forest flourishes. I think that's a pretty good description of what Christians should aim for also. The Bible talks about fruit all the time, more than just grapes or bananas or figs or cassowary plums. In Psalm 1, we read this, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Jesus talked a lot about fruit. Like when he said, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. So Jesus was comparing people to trees that you can tell what type of person someone is by what they produce. Just like fruit is evidence of a plant that's growing and healthy, we can tell some things that are evidence that God is at work in us. Just like fruit is evidence a plant is growing, there are things we can tell are evidence that God is at work in us. We get a great list of these in the Bible. Just like a tree grows fruit, These are the things that grow in us as we follow Jesus. This is from Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a great list, isn't it? Is anybody, you know, raise your hand if you don't want any more of those in your life. Like, is anyone ever like, joy, nah, got enough, thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. No, we could always use more. Of all of these, the first fruit of the Spirit listed is love. Now, we use the word love for lots of different things. It can mean quite a variety. Rather like in the same sentence, you could tell someone that you love your grandma and you love tacos. Or I I love lamp. You know, we can just name things we love. That's that's accurate, but we we probably love tacos in a different way than we love grandma, is my guess. Uh, and, and so in Greek, that was the language most of the New Testament was written in. Greek has several words for love that are a little more nuanced. And the one we read in Galatians 5 is agape. Agape. It's a love that always wants the best for someone, even when they seek the worst for us. That's the type of love, agape, that God has for people. We hope the kids felt joy at VBS this whole last week. We had one kid one night that was so sad because it was almost over. Right? Being sad in advance. And so the type of joy described in Galatians 5 is more than just happiness at current circumstances. But it goes beyond that. It goes deeper than that. It's a happiness that, that can even be present when things aren't going great. We'll talk about that more in a minute. The Greek word that we read for peace is arena. And it means not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of harmony. A lot of times arena is used to describe like a village where everything is at peace and everyone has what they need. Kids, how often do your parents say the word patience? You need to be patient. It's our favorite word. Yeah, got got a hand. I hear an amen from a certain eight-year-old I know. The word patience is also translated forbearance. That's how the NIV version translates it. And the Greek is macrothemia. And that has more to do, it's less about being patient like in the customer service line with Verizon or your cable company or whoever, 
less about patience in the checkout aisle at the grocery, and it's more about patience with people. The scholar I read, William Barclay, said that the ancient Romans were described to have macrothemia. They were patient even when they were in defeat, that they would eventually have victory. They were per- there's a persistence that's baked into the Greek word. Kindness and goodness, closely related. The sense here is that you're being generous even when people don't deserve it. Faithfulness, meaning something can be counted on, trusted, reliable. The Greek word for gentleness can also mean humility. And, and so we see that elsewhere in the New Testament, uh, this same word being used for people who are teachable or considerate. Other times, uh, the, the, the word that we see uh, for faithfulness, or excuse me, for gentleness, there's a humble quality to it. And the Greek for self-control can also be used. It's, it's, it's used to describe someone who can hold a bucket of water balloons without throwing any of them. I made that up to see if you were paying attention or not. So we had a lot of Greek. We got a lot of kiddos here today. So that ends our Greek lesson. Uh, but just like a healthy growing plant produces fruit, this is a list of things that God's spirit grows in us. This is how we hope that people describe us. You know, Christians may not always have this reputation, but this is what we aim for, that we would be people of love, of peace, of kindness, of goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What's hard is we may not always be this way 100% of the time. This last week, I had a series of emails, and in the first one, I expressed my desire for this refund. I had taken this assessment, and it wasn't that helpful, so it was pretty short. I would like a refund. That's how I concluded my email. I didn't think I'd get a response from anybody. Well, I did. And then in the second email, the gentleman says, see, here's the problem when I send an email. At the bottom of my email, it says I'm a senior pastor, and I pay for that. I see you are a senior pastor, so I'm going to share more information than you with you than we normally do. And then he goes on. I was like, man. So then I responded, hey, listen, sorry about that. If I thought a human would receive it and respond, I would have been nicer. Right? So I was not very kind or patient uh, last week. And I wonder if you have certain things you wish were on the list of fruits of the Spirit but aren't. Here's what I mean. Now, this is like a 30-year-old reference at this point, but I'm still going to go for it. Has anyone seen the Seinfeld episode where Jerry tries, he tries to return a shirt and they ask him what the reason is for the return and he says, spite. <laughs> like, oh man, I wish, I wish spite was a fruit of the spirit. Like, I'll show you. But it's just not. You know, if, uh, if being kind of self-righteous or riding in on your high horse was a fruit of the spirit, wouldn't that be great? Or complaining, or, I mean, I, I really love a good rant. You, if, if you guys think I rant sometimes in a sermon, you should see what I cut out. <laughs> if only ranting were a fruit of the Spirit, I could be nominated for Pope or something. <laughs> so I, I don't know what you wish was on the list that you could excel at, but is missing. So sometimes we have to be reminded that we have to put away a lot of things Those are described earlier in Galatians 5, by the way, if you want to read more about those. But the good news, friends, is God shows us patience as we grow. Cassowary plums 
don't grow overnight and neither do Christians. That's why we do things like come to worship or read the Bible or pray. That's why we meet together. That's why we serve together. That's why we do things like vacation Bible school. These are the means which God can use. It's like watering a plant. John Wesley called these the means of grace, the way God helps us grow, the things we do to help us produce fruit, to be the way, to be the people God created us to be. The list of the fruit of the Spirit is great. That, we read that in verse 22 and the first part of verse 23. And I love the next part of verse 23. So as we've already discussed, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then we read, against such things there is no law. This is a significant concept to me. Against such things there is no law. Nothing can stop you from living out the fruits of the Spirit. So I want to point out two things. One, the entire list that we read and talked about and understood the Greek origins of, that whole list of the fruit of the Spirit can be done regardless of circumstances. And the second thing I want to point out is none of these things cost a dime. They don't cost a dime. So here's our bottom line today. When, when uh, Every night at BBS, we would have the bottom line, the thing we hope kids would remember. We put it on the screen. Now here's a secret, and you may have picked up on this if you've come to worship before. If you ever wonder what the point of the message is, I put it on the screens <laughs> pretty early on, hopefully. So what I hope uh, we come away with, what I hope we remember, what I hope we discover together as we study God's word is that nothing can stop what God's spirit starts. Unstoppable. Nothing can stop what God's spirit starts. Another place in the Bible we read that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I love that scripture. What God starts working in your heart, when God starts working in our lives, nothing can stop it. There is no law that can keep you from living out your faith, even when things seem bad. And when you think about it, and here's what's challenging, some of the fruits of the Spirit can only be seen when things are bad. Like, in order to show the fruit of patience, something's got to be testing your patience. Right? In order to, to, to test the fruit of self-control, something's got to be tempting you beyond your self-control. I was both elated and frustrated when we somehow built a second Casey's in Kearney. I don't need two of those. More, more temptation. Sometimes the fruit of the Spirit is only evident in the face of challenge or temptation or frustration. Sometimes the truest test of love is how you love and treat people who are not showing you love. Jesus said as much. He said in Matthew 5, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That makes zero sense. That's why they're my enemies, Jesus. You sure spite isn't on the list? Did, we, did you leave it out? <laughs> love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Translation, no big deal. NBD. And if you greet only your own people, what more are you doing than others? 
So the fruit of the Spirit doesn't just show up when everything's great. Sometimes it shows up only when things aren't great. And so this entire list of the fruit of the Spirit can be done regardless of circumstances. And let's remember that none of these cost a dime. You don't need money to be kind. Patience does not require a monthly subscription or login. Self-control may feel costly, but it's free. Circumstances, friends, they can't stop us. Living these out doesn't cost a dime. And against such things, there is no law. So when it comes out to living our lives as Christians, what could possibly oppose us? Nothing. The book of Romans confirms it. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Nothing can stop what God's spirit starts. You know, sometimes I'm in discussions and I'll hear people, you know, they'll get real upset. And they'll say things like, we can't let them take God out of school. And to me, that's, that's nonsense. That's impossible. Because students, God is in you. And we're sending you to school. God is present in your schools through you. And friends, if you think this is a message only for kids, I'd invite you to pay attention here. Because this is for all of us. Our homes, the places we gather for fun or for food or coffee, the places we work, the places we have leisure, God is present in all of those places and God sends us into them. God wants all of us to make waves and bless the people and communities around us like a cassowary plum blessing the rainforest with its fruit. Let's remember that scripture tells us it's as if we are Christ's ambassadors as if God were making his appeal through us. Friends, would you pray with me? And, and for all our kiddos that are with us, I went ahead and wrote us up a little prayer I invite everybody to say together. God who makes all things, grows all things, and knows all things, it is only with your help and with your spirit that we can be fruitful. Help us live each day with patience, kindness, and goodness. Help us to be faithful and gentle and in control of what we want and what we do. Please help us in all this, even when it's difficult. Help us to make waves and love those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.